Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many crimes are solved with the help of CCTV footage. We actually have a whole episode coming up dedicated to cases solved solely due to the CCTV footage available. However, there are quite a few cases that have remained unsolved, despite having surveillance footage that leads up to the disappearance or the murder. Unsolved cases with surveillance footage, today on Mysteriously Listed. Number 5 Arisma Chavez. 33 year old Arisma Chavez was envious of her sister's life living in Arlington, Texas with her husband. So much so, she packed her bags and moved from Mexico to the area in late 2011. She fell in love with the area, making lots of friends and spending her weekends dancing in the city's many clubs. Arisma secured an apartment close to her sister and brother-in-law, and she was able to visit them regularly. She felt so comfortable she came out as gay for the first time, and she felt supported and accepted and able to be herself for the first time ever. January 2012. Arisma's niece was visiting her aunts from Mexico. On the evening of the 19th, Arisma contacted her sister and asked her to bring her niece over to her apartment for a visit. It was late and her sister was tired from a busy working week and told Arisma she would bring her over first thing in the morning. Early January 20th, 2012, Arisma's sister dropped their niece off at her apartment complex and waited outside for her to go inside. Their niece would almost immediately run back outside, screaming at her aunt to call 911, that Irisma was dead. Later autopsy report would show that she had been stabbed more than a hundred times. Surveillance footage showed an unidentified person wearing a white hoodie knocking on Arisma's door, with Arisma letting him in. None of her family and friends recognise him, but it does seem from the footage he is known to Arisma. Authorities have admitted that they do not have any suspects in the murder, but they believe the man on the surveillance footage is the perpetrator. There is currently an $1,000 reward for the apprehension of Arisma's killer. Number 4. Elaine Park Elaine Park was born September 24, 1996, and she would live in California her whole life with her parents, 
who would divorce during Elaine's teenage years. This would hit Elaine hard, and she would go on to have an estranged relationship with her parents because of it. Despite this, she would continue to live with her mother, Susan, and she would regularly check in with her mother to let her know she was safe if she stayed out. Elaine was a talented dancer. She had dreams to become a famous actor and appeared as an extra and in bit parts in movies and on television. On January 27, 2017, 20-year-old Elaine went out with her on-again and off-again boyfriend, who has never been officially named by the police. They went out to see a movie, and at 1am, the couple took an Uber to his parents' home in Calabasas, which consisted of a main house and a guest house where her boyfriend lived. Elaine's boyfriend's father was a wealthy Hollywood businessman. Shortly after reaching the house, the couple went to sleep. At 4am, Elaine allegedly woke up and appeared to be having a panic attack. Her boyfriend would later claim she was shaking and acting very bizarre. He also alleged he did try and calm her down, but despite his best efforts, she grabbed her belongings and left the home. Now, it is important to note that Elaine's family would later state that even though Elaine did struggle with depression, she never suffered from panic attacks and did not appear to be under any stress, at least outwardly, at the time of her disappearance. At 6.05am, CCTV cameras would capture Elaine leaving the Calabasas home. This has struck a lot of online sleuths as strange, as this means it took Elaine two hours to get dressed and leave. There has been a lot of questions whether the person on the footage is actually her, as the footage isn't exactly compellingly Elaine. It is dark and slightly blurry. Then, at 7.14am, she is seen leaving the secured complex where the house is situated. Again, so many questions. What could have taken her more than an hour to drive from his home to the gate of the complex? Police explain the discrepancy away as the clock not being adjusted yet for daylight savings time, and that she actually left the complex at 6.14am, but this still means it took her nine minutes to drive what would normally take around one minute. It has also been noted the security camera of her boyfriend's home stopped working as soon as the car left the house. When she did not hear from her daughter, Elaine's mother Susan tried numerous times throughout the day to call her, but Elaine never answered. She got worried and called the police. The police told her not to worry that her daughter was 20 years old and not hearing from her for a day was nothing to be concerned about. It would take several days before the search for Elaine would begin. Elaine's boyfriend would be questioned, but he was quickly released without suspicion. It is important to note at this point that the police never searched her boyfriend's parents' home or the surrounding area. Five days after Elaine was last seen, 
Her 2015 Honda Civic was found abandoned on the Pacific Coast Highway, just south of Coral Canyon Road in Malibu. The car door was unlocked. The keys were in the ignition. Inside the car was also her backpack, phone, computer and cash. There was no sign of a struggle and there was no sign of a lane. Despite a reward of $500,000 being raised for any information leading to Elaine's return, police have not received any tips. Nothing has surfaced, and it seems that Elaine has vanished into thin air. At the time of her disappearance, Elaine Park was 20 years old. She was 5 foot 5 and around 125 pounds, with long dark brown hair with blonde highlights and brown eyes. Elaine is of Asian descent, and she has several distinctive tattoos. She was last seen wearing grey sweatpants and a white sweatshirt or hoodie. If Elaine Park is still alive today, she would be 24 years old. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Number three, Catherine Jones. Catherine Memory Jones was born December 19th, 1989, to Mother Javona Livingston. Sadly, Catherine's father died when she was only a young child. Javona would go on to have two more children, who Catherine loved being a second mother to. The family would move around quite a bit, before settling in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Catherine, or Katie as she would go by, Katie would go to high school. Katie graduated in 2008 and she would move to New York City to study technical theatre before moving back to Charlotte to be close to her family again, moving into a Hawthorne Lane apartment on her own. She would get a job hostessing at Middlewood Smokehouse. Katie would insist on walking and biking everywhere, choosing not to drive or take public transport so she could enjoy the community and nature around her. October 15th, 2016, 26-year-old Katie had just finished a shift at her hostess job, and despite being tired, she wanted to catch up with her friends at the nearby Midwood Country Club, where she arrived at around 11pm. The group would remain there, laughing and talking about their dreams for the future, until the bar closed at 2am. Katie's friends would offer to give her a ride home, but as always, she refused. Katie was street smart, 
and she would carry a pink can of pepper spray just in case, something that she had to use just a few weeks prior when a man was harassing her on Central Avenue. She also kept her cell phone close and would sometimes call her mother in the early hours of walking home just to feel safe. On this night, she wasn't too concerned as her home was only a short one-mile walk from the bar, and the night was unseasonably warm. Katie would still continue to message her friends throughout her walk home in a Facebook group chat. They would later report Katie was in good spirits, and didn't appear to be worried of her safety or in distress at any time. Sending her last message at 2.33am, Katie would next be caught in surveillance footage walking down Central Avenue towards an area called Plaza Midwood, before eventually walking out of the camera's frame. One minute later, Headlights will appear in the upper right-hand corner and linger there for about 30 seconds. The vehicle goes out of frame before reappearing seconds later, speeding through a stop sign. This is the suspected time Katie was shot. Investigators believe the driver of this car is her killer. The gunshots set off a neighbouring business's alarm system. Thinking it was fireworks, a man walking his dog went to investigate further, seeing Katie lying on the ground. Initially, he would later report believing she was possibly drunk and passed out. He went to ensure that she was okay before realising she was shot and calling 911 at 2.47am. Unfortunately, it will be too late and Katie had already died from her injuries. Following Katie's death, investigators would question those closest to her. None of these people provided any significant evidence or leads. At first glance, it does not appear that Katie's murder was part of a robbery, as none of her items were taken from her. Investigators state that it is possible the shooter got spooked after the gunfire set off the alarms and fled the scene before he had the opportunity to rob her. However, this has not been confirmed, and it does appear that the entire murder occurred in a matter of 30 seconds. More than four years later, Katie's mother, Javona, still grieves for her eldest child. Quote, I don't know why you did this to my daughter. There's no fixing it, no way to get her back. I just want to find answers to stop in my head. I want the person caught. I don't want this to happen to someone else. Unquote. Katie's murder remains unsolved, despite the fact that it occurred in such a short period of time. Investigators are appealing to anyone who might have seen or heard something to come forward. There is currently a $5,000 reward in place for information leading to the arrest and prosecution of Katie's killer. Number 2. Cynthia Martinez-Perez Cynthia Martinez-Perez was excited about turning 26. She had planned several celebrations over the entire weekend, 
with her family, her four children, aged between seven years old and just three months, and her close circle of friends. First would be a breakfast at the local Denny's in Woodburn, Oregon, with her mother Angelica and stepfather Caesar. She spoke excitedly about going to another friend's birthday party that night, but she promised to catch up with the whole family the next afternoon, the Sunday, after church for a hike at Silver Creek Falls. Saturday, July 15th, 2017, Cynthia would leave her parents' home at 5pm to go to the party. She would later text her mother at 1030 just to check in to let her know that everything was going well. Soon after this, Cynthia would leave the party with her friend to go to the Tequila Nights on the 33 block of River Road North in Kaiser, Oregon. Cynthia did not have any pockets on her outfit, so her friend would carry her phone and ID for her. Surveillance footage would show Cynthia entering the bar shortly after 11pm. She was in the company of her friend and two men. Cynthia and her friend did not know the two men prior to this, but at some point her friend would leave, tired from a night of drinking and dancing. Security cameras would catch Cynthia's friend and the two men leaving the bar. Cynthia would also leave 10 to 15 minutes later, only to then allegedly re-enter the bar and then leave again with another man only minutes later, before driving off in a blue 2004 Honda Odyssey minivan. The following day, Angelica had not heard from her daughter. She texted her numerous times after church at 1pm, but there was no answer. When Cynthia would not answer her phone, she did not return home, and her friend relayed the events of the night before. Angelica called the police to report her daughter missing. The Honda minivan would be located by investigators two days later, on July 17, 2017. The van would belong to 30-year-old Jamie Alaves. Alaves was working as a farm labourer who harvested berries. He had a criminal record, but nothing violent. The only prior arrests were taking some forest products that were illegally sold to use in floral arrangements. Conveniently, Alaves would have fled the day after Cynthia went missing. Police have not been able to find his whereabouts since, but they do believe he no longer resides in the United States. The second man who has never been identified by the police, he has cooperated with the investigation and he is not considered a suspect in Cynthia's disappearance. Police have searched rural farmlands and forest areas numerous times in the last three years, looking for clues as to what happened to Cynthia. Her family have driven up and down the streets of Kaiser and Woodburn every day, desperately searching for answers. Angelica said that she still struggles to sleep at night and she wakes up every morning to pray for her daughter to come home. She and Caesar have had custody of her four children since her disappearance. 
At the time of her disappearance, Cynthia Martinez Perez was 26 years old. She was 5 foot 3 and around 145 pounds, with long black hair and brown eyes. She had multiple tattoos. She was last seen wearing a black floral romper. The FBI and Crime Stoppers are offering a reward of up to $10,500 for information that leads to Cynthia's whereabouts. If Cynthia Martinez Perez is still alive today, she would be 29 years old. Number 1. Nicole Coleman 23-year-old Nicole Coleman had bravely battled mental illness since her early teenage years, but she had never given up, even in her darkest times. Despite her mental health challenges, she completed her AA degree at Lone Star College with a 4.0 average, and she had dreams of becoming a therapist in hopes of helping others who are battling similar demons. She was adored by her sisters and parents Mike and Dawn. Nicole's parents were divorced, but they were very dedicated in co-parenting peacefully, and the family always relied on and supported one another. December 2018, Nicole Coleman had moved to Austin from Houston only two months before her murder. Nicole began to have suicidal thoughts and she was struggling with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Because of this, Nicole checked herself into a local mental health hospital. When her treatment there was completed, she moved into a safe home with three other women in North Austin, Texas. She had been living there for two weeks at the time of her murder. She was using the time to decide whether to remain in Austin or to return to Houston, where her family lived. She would, however, stop returning her family's calls and messages around this time. During her time at the safe home, she could come and go as she pleased. Safe homes are different to halfway homes. There is no lockdowns. Nicole's family and the authorities have stated that Nicole may have come into contact or befriended absolutely anyone in these two weeks, making it difficult to create a short list of persons of interest. Regardless, Nicole's favourite hangout place would be the local gas station, the Cool Corner gas station, where she would kind of just walk around. And this is exactly what she was doing on the night of December 28, 2018. She would be last seen captured on surveillance footage, walking in and out and around the Cool Corner gas station at around 7.30pm. She would then walk off the camera and never be seen alive again. Three days later, December 31, 2018 at 5.30pm, Two homeless men on a bike ride together happened to find Nicole's naked body in the woods off Ed Bluestein Boulevard. This is around a 10-minute walk from the Cool Corner gas station. Nicole had been brutally murdered and dumped at the location where she was found. 
police have not released her exact cause of death in order to protect the investigation. They have also declined to say if Nicole was sexually assaulted prior to her death. It is unknown if Nicole's death is random or if she was a target. Again, because of the mystery of who Nicole came into contact with or befriended in the weeks leading up to her murder. A week before Nicole was last seen, a woman was attacked and raped in nearby Davis White Park after leaving her home to go for a walk after a fight with her boyfriend. White Park is only one mile from the gas station. 58-year-old David Green and 18-year-old Kyle Konoski were later charged with aggravated sexual assault. Police checked into any links between the cases, but the detective leading the investigation into Nicole's murder, Detective Patrick O'Farrell of the Austin Police Homicide Unit, he says there is no connection. All Nicole's family wants is justice and for Nicole not to be forgotten. Quote, We just want people to know that Nicole was much more than a crime victim, much more than a girl with mental illness. She was brilliant and funny and a wonderful writer. Just who she is was much bigger than any one aspect of her life. Unquote. Nicole's murder remains unsolved. Do you have something you would like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Message us on Facebook at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. If you like what you've heard today, we would love for you to share this episode on your social media of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you could leave a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.